0: God of goodness and grace, we give you thanks for these blessings that you have poured out upon our lives like manna from heaven. Lord, we pray that we may use them for the benefit of your kingdom so that the lost may find home, so that the excluded may find home, so that the unloved may find home. Lord, as we follow you, we pray that we too would continue to find home. In the name of Christ, we pray these things. Amen. You can be seated. Well, as last week, you all know, we were at the beach, um, North Myrtle Beach, and people were like, well, how was it? How was it? And um, if you have a bunch of kids, you know how it is to go to the beach with a bunch of kids. And um, Aud and I came back. It was great, right? It was great. But we were like, yes, we need another vacation now by ourselves. So um, if anybody wants to watch three kids for a week or a month, um, (laughs) they can come live with you. you know, it's... Hey, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's thanks for being here today. Um, We're having our cookout on the hottest day of the year, so we planned all that. Um, We worked that out. You know, we have got connections up there upstairs, and so we worked all that out to make it the hottest possible day because I love it, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to sweat and be like, yes and. This was actually last week's, and thanks Steve. Steve isn't here today, but thanks Steve for preaching last week. Um, he was great, and we appreciate him so much being part of this community. So this was last week's text, and I love this text. So I'm like, it's, it's the New Testament. Steve talked about the Old Testament, and I just wanted to go back and be like, hey, I want to talk about this. And so we are going to do that Today. So here is, this is a little bit long, okay? A little bit long. So um, get your cup of coffee and whatever you need to um, endure this long scripture. You ready? No? Okay. You ready? All right, good, 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 good. After this, the Lord Lord appointed Jesus, appointed 72 others, and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place he was about to go. Tell them... The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest hill. Go! I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Oh, great. Thanks, Jesus. That's great. Um, Thank you. uh... Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Oh, it gets worse. Um, When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. Peace. We know this word, right? In the Hebrew is shalom. This is like that deep all-encompassing peace that results in the flourishing of life. This is not just the absence of war. It is the total, holistic, encompassing peace of God that results in the flourishing of a life. Peace and flourishing grace to you when you enter the house. If, If the house says, if the house loves this sort of peace, your peace will rest on that house. If not, it will come back to you. Like a boomerang. I added that boomerang part. They didn't know what a boomerang was. Stay there, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for workers deserve their wages. Do not move around from house to house, but stay there. That's like your base camp. If you find a house of peace and somebody that wants this sort of peace that you are proclaiming, then that's your base camp. Those are your people that you're going to work out of. If these disciples came to your house today with this sort of message, would they stay there? Would that be their base camp? Or would they leave and be like, "This is not our people. We got to find somebody else." When you enter a town and you are welcomed, eat whatever is before you. He, I went. I was. I'm sorry. This is long text, so I'm going to get distracted today. Um, I I went. I was um a missionary in Russia for a little while. And the first time is 1999, and I went there the first time. And um, I went to a house that they're Russians, and um, and they they had this they had this um. They gave me this meal that included this hot dog that wasn't a hot dog at all. It was some sort of meat product that was not very good. And it came before me. And I still remember to this day that may have been the hardest thing I've ever eaten in my life is to get that hot dog all the way down because it was awful. And um, that's a sidebar. I just, yeah, bringing you in on my story about eat whatever's before you, right? Um, Heal the sick and those and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe away from our feet as a warning to you. What, what, kind, of, what kind of warning? What is this wiping? The, what is this warning about? Yet be sure of this. The kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. What is Jesus talking about here? And then a little bit later, he says, says this. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Like we can control the world. Wow, this is so cool. You are awesome, Jesus. You rock. He replied, Jesus replied this. This is key. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. However, 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 do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the word of God for us and all the people of God. All right, before I get into this, I need a little illustration. And I've talked about this before, so maybe this is old news, but um, maybe it's new news as well to you. So I need a couple of volunteers here, um, newlyweds, would you all, um, could you stand up for a minute? And um, So I want to talk to you about mimic mimic desire, right? So have you ever wanted something that your neighbor has had? Good, nobody, good. So that's like... um we don't have a saying in america like that right like keeping up with the joneses we don't have that in america it's this is not our problem but anybody listening online this is for them not for us right um so when we want what our neighbor has this is the way it works right so i'm going to give you this box of tissues y- y'all have to come up here okay sorry um they're they were just married a little while ago so they can endure each other they're in like they're on honeymoon mode still um so you have this box of um tissue right and it is a lovely box of tissue Everybody wants this box of tissue. And you didn't know that you needed a box of tissue until your husband got this box of tissue. And now you know that you also want this box of tissue. Mm -hmm. This is the way mimic desire goes. We see what our neighbor has and we want it because our neighbor has it. But then it turns. But you can't have this box of tissue. And so you are sad because you don't have one. And so what happens when we get this sadness in our... You're a really good actress. Like, <laughs> And so what happens is we, we feel this deep sadness in ourselves that we can't have what we wanted, and then we blame somebody else. We can't blame your friend, your husband, that you can't have this. So what do we do? I mean, we could, but in this scenario, we can't. So we blame somebody else, somebody out there. And so now you get mad at somebody out there that you, because what really happens is you're deeply sad that you couldn't have that thing, but you can't get mad at that person, so you get somebody mad at somebody else. Usually somebody in society under, like with lesser power than you have. So this is the way mimic desire. Thank you very much. You all were great. Fantastic. You can go on the road and new career. Thank you. So this is the way mimic desire goes. We see what our neighbor has and we want it. But if we can't have it, we feel sad inside and we want to blame somebody because we couldn't have that thing. And so usually we blame people, other people, with less power in society than us. But here's the thing, is like when we start blaming people for something we don't have because we feel broken and sad inside, we often turn that sadness into violence, in some way. This is just so natural of humans to do that we take our sadness and don't communicate it as sadness. We take our sadness and brokenness and communicate it and translate it into anger and violence against somebody else. It's weird how that works, isn't it? It's like it comes in as sadness, it goes out as anger. It comes in as sadness, it goes out as violence. And this is something that we all have to work in because this happens all the time with all of us, right? All of us. And so when we do this, we then turn to that person and we seek violence on them. We blame them for us not having the box of tissues. It's their fault. You made this happen. You are the ones to blame. And the only way that we're going to feel better about our situations because we don't get the box of tissue is to exclude or harm you. It's the only way that we feel better about ourselves. We've turned all of our sadness onto this other person, and we are going to eliminate them oftentimes through some sort of violent action, words, deeds, exclusion. All that is violence. This is the cycle that we find ourselves in in life. And we're finding it right now, in, in our life right now, in this country, in everywhere. Like we've, this is a cycle we constantly revolve around. We constantly do. Like we, find the vic, we find a victim and we blame them. And we put all of our national angst on that one group of people. We've been doing this for a long time. It's not just exclusive to America. Like It happens. Rene Girard, the great sociologist, talks about like, this is a historical event. You can find it all throughout history, in every culture, everybody does it. This is, the, what, what René Génard says is, this is the fundamental fallenness of humanity. This is our fundamental problem in what we do. We see it, where do we see it for the first time, this, this blaming? We find it in the Garden of Eden, right? At the very beginning of humanity, when, when God says, well, y'all ate that tree, why'd you eat that tree? And what does uh, a man say? She did it. <laughs> it's her fault. <laughs> so, we, so we see this action, somebody taking and blaming somebody else for getting in trouble, for this feeling of angst and frustration and pain. Today, who are we blaming? How do I really feel inside? What is the real issue going on in me? Those are really important questions. Not only in church or in our families, but also in public, in in society. But we seem like we can't ask those questions, can we? In public, all we can do is, "It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your blame. Your blame. Your blame. Your blame." Like we this reveals how deeply sad we are inside. We're really sad. We really feel like we're not enough. What was the first temptation in the Garden of Eden that I just talked about? What was the first temptation? It was the the serpent telling Eve, you don't have enough. You are not enough. You're not enough. And she believed it. And that's how we get to here. And it's not just she, he believed it too. Like we all believe it. That's not just talking about the the temptation of Eve. That is talking about the whole temptation that all of humanity always faces. That is always a temptation that we face. The serpent comes today, yesterday it will come tomorrow. And it's temptation is always you are not enough. You don't have enough. You don't, you're not enough. Because we feel like there's some hole in our life, we will always hurt other people in the process, always. And so here, back to okay, we were, we were there, we were here. Y'all stay with me. Y'all stay with me. I was um, it's been a busy week. I was on vacation early in the week, and then I went to this Wild Goose Festival. Anybody know about Wild Goose Festival? Um, I was over there for a day, two, three, good. Um, and um, it's basically like this progressive Christian campground conference, and it's um, it's like. All the hippies in America that are Christians come together for this one spot. And um, that's kind of the vibe, and it's really awesome. And I was there and driving. And so um, um, I don't know why I told you that. I just told you that. Great, because I'm a little distracted today. But um, so here we are. When Jesus tells the 72, he sends the disciples out into the world. Out into the world with a message of what? What's the message? Peace. It's not a message of, hey, you're not good enough. It's not that message. But that's, the mess- that's been the message of the church for so often, right? The message of the church in America seems to have been you're not enough, you're broken, you're separated from God, and the only way you fix that is through us. Hey, we, we've created the problem, and now we're gonna give you the solution. But that's not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is go into all the world and say, Peace. Give them your peace. Let your peace reside upon the houses. Go out there and seek the flourishing of the world around you. So he gives them this message of peace. They are the messengers of peace. And still today, this is still our call to be these messengers of peace, this shalom. So here's a situation in Jerusalem that they were in occupied territory that The Romans had come in, they had defeated the, the, the Israelite armies, they had subdued the people. Now they were taxing the people, unheard of. It's for some people, 70% of their income was going to taxes. They, they could not live. People could not even feed their families or feed their children because the taxes were so high. And they, were under, they, they weren't strong enough to overthrow the Roman armies. They were so angry. They were feeling this sense of frustration. And they, what would you want in that situation? So often, what's natural to want in that situation? We want to kill the Romans. They have hurt us, and we are, they have taken from us, and we're going to get rid of them. This was the national mood of this moment. And Jesus enters into this national mood and sends his disciples out like lambs amidst the wolves with a message of peace in the midst of messages of violence and retribution and vengeance. I'm sending you out and this message will always be like a lamb in the midst of the violence of wolves. N.T. Wright says it this way in this um, moment He he says Jesus' contemporaries in these villages were for the most part not wanting peace. Peace with the traditional enemies of Samaritans or peace with the feared and hated Romans. They wanted an all-out war that would bring God's justice swiftly to their aid and get rid of their enemies all and at once. This explains the urgency and sternness of Jesus' message to the 72. They were not offering people a new religious option, which may have a gentle effect on their lives. They were holding out the last chance for people to turn away from Israel's flight into ruin and accept God's way of peace. Like, this was the last chance, y'all. Like, we're giving you the message of peace, don't go down that way of vengeance and violence and hatred and death. It will only destroy you in the process, Jesus is saying. So disciples, we gotta go out and you gotta go out into all these villages and towns and you gotta tell them about this message of peace, about God's peace, about there's a better way, there's a better way of loving your enemies, of seeking grace for everyone. Like Go out in there and this is urgent. Go out, go out, go out. And tell them, if, if, if people don't accept that message, if you go into a house and they're not people of peace, then, man, get out of there. If they don't want this message of peace, then get out of there. Because they're going to eat you up too in the process. And if a town revolts and says, we don't want your message of peace, we want vengeance, then shake the dust. Get, get, the, get the dust of that place off of your feet and, and leave and tell them, like, y'all, you're going to end up like Gomorrah, like Sodom. You're going to end up like that. Because the natural consequence of this bloodthirsty desire for vengeance and death will only consume you in the end. You will be eaten up by it. It will destroy you. It will kill you in the process you may get what you want and find out it was the worst thing that you could ever have desired. Today, how are we like those villages? Do we want peace? Or do we want vengeance? Are we seeking flourishing? Is that what we genuinely desire? The flourishing of all people? Or do we want some to suffer because we feel sadness that we can't have what we want and we have turned our collective blame against a people that cannot defend themselves easy pray it's their fault it's their fault kill them who are we today in this story where are we in this story? And Jesus says, as the disciples come back, they say, Dude, Jesus, this is awesome. Like demons even listen to us. We are casting out demons, we're healing the sick. This is the best message ever. And Jesus is like, Y'all, 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 slow down, slow down. Why are you happy that the demons listen to you? Why are you happy that you have some sort of power to control the world around you? That's not what you should be happy about. You should be celebrating that you are part of this movement of peace, that you are ushering in God's peace and you are drawing in people into this flourishing of life all around you that is what you should be excited about that's what it means when jesus says your names are written in heaven it doesn't mean like you get eternal life and you get to play a harp on a cloud for all eternity that's not what that means this is the idea of heaven on earth the kingdom of god in this way that we understand the world you are part of something bigger than yourself that will bring redemption to so many and peace to the nations and flourishing to lives. Be happy about that. Celebrate that. Not that you have this new power, but that you are part of a movement of peace. So often we come to church and we are excited about the power that we can receive, aren't we? In the name of Jesus. We should be excited about being a people of peace in a world consumed with vengeance and blame. And he says, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What does that mean? That's a that's like a that's a brilliant statement, isn't it? That's like, whoa whoa, you're going to listen up to that. And sometimes we look at that and we think, well, was Jesus around when Satan like fell, got thrown out of heaven because he was there in heaven, you know, and he got thrown out by God and he was an angel. And like, was Jesus, is that what Jesus is talking about? That's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is saying this as a metaphorical sense, I believe. Jesus is saying the lies of Satan have been exposed. You as people of peace are exposing the lie of violence. You are exposing this mimetic desire of scapegoating and blame. You are inviting people into a whole other way of life, and in doing that whole other way of life, you are exposing this myth that vengeance will ever lead to anything good. You see, what Satan does here in life, the, the tempter, the, um, the accuser, that's what Satan means in Hebrew, the accuser, and we are always being accused, and what happens is that Satan does this thing, the accusation, that it's, it's all real in us already, it's pretty easy to get out of us, and it, what, what, what Satan does is, is blames, like, brings up the situation, it reminds us, hey, you don't have the box of tissue, you, hey, look, you don't have the box of tissue, you're not enough. So Satan brings that situation up and then convinces us to blame somebody to try to fix our situation. Rene Girard says it this way, but understand this, in this hidden state, Satan plays both sides. Satan simultaneously stirs up conflict and then uh, presents a solution to peace as scapegoat and violence. But when we play by Satan's rules, Satan is always in charge. When we seek to solve our problems through violence, we give Satan more power over us, and we'll have to perpetually seek out violence as the answer to all our problems. Gerard says, Satan stirs up this miminic snowballing, and then the unanimous violence that makes everything peaceful once again, seemingly peaceful once again. Satan plays both sides, but this peace is not peace at all. It is a nightmare. It is a cycle of constant suffering and nightmare. Today, Jesus is sending us out into the world as instruments with a message of peace. Will we embrace that life of peace? Will we embrace that life of flourishing? And in order to do so, we're gonna have to we have to, to, to peel back, to peel back the curtains of the work of temptation behind the scenes. We too will have to be like seeing Satan falling from heaven. We will have to be the ones that expose this life for what it is. Nothing but suffering. We'll have to be those that say, hey, listen, listen, listen. I recognize that I'm sad in my life. So what I have to do is really work hard not to turn that into anger and violence. I have to recognize that I want something that I can't have, and I feel this sense of angst about it. And But... This is a me problem. I got to deal with this me on me, right? If I'm feeling this, it's not anybody's fault. And even if it is somebody's fault, I still have to deal with it in here. I got to figure out me. We and we have to be those people too that look at our nation and say, "Hey y'all, hey. Hey, 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 hey." Um we recognize what's going on here, and what was happening is we're blaming people that can't defend themselves for some deeper problems, but let's get back to what the deeper problems are. Let's go back and try to figure out what those deeper problems are in order to solve those so we don't turn into violence against people that we think will solve our problem, because the only way we solve our problem is to go back to how we, of who we really are and what we really need, and how we're going to solve problems on the ground in our local communities, not by blaming other people. It won't ever work that way. And so, I believe that Jesus is calling us, the church, the people of God, the people of peace, into that work, sending us out into the world. Go and find those people of peace. Find them. And stay at their house and use them and that house as a networking opportunity to go tell the other houses there's a better way, there's a new way, there's a Jesus way, there's a way of peace, there's a way of grace, there's a way of life. And we are being invited into being one of those 72 today. Instead of seeing church as a place where we come two by two into the ark. Look, our building is even like an upside down arc. All churches, most old churches are. Where we kind of see it like we are coming in to be saved from the world. No. Jesus is like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm reversing all that and I'm sending you out of those doors into the world with a message of peace. Today, will you be one of those 72? 172? 10 million in 72? Will you be one of those people? to go out with a message of peace. Will you be one of those people who say, listen, I'm going I'm to strive to live at peace. I, I, I'm going to have to work hard, not to blame other people. I'm going to have to work to identify my own sadness. I'm going to have to work to em- embrace those places in me that I feel like I'm not enough and to work in that. And when I feel like I'm not enough, I don't need to turn and to destroy somebody else to try to take what they have in order for me to feel good about myself. I got to deal with that here. Got to deal with that here. Today, can we be in that people of peace that the world so desperately needs? Jesus is sending you out into this world, yes, like lambs, like people of peace in the midst of a community and a world thirsty for blood. Today, that is our call. Today, Will you embrace that message? Will you embrace that and hear the words of Jesus saying to you, go, go, go. Let's pray together. Lord God of heaven and earth, we give you thanks for this day and for your grace and for your message. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be that people of peace and that you would help us to be the... The lambs in the midst of violence going out into the world with the message, not that we can control the world, not that we are better than the world, not that we're going to blame others, but we are going to expose, be a people that expose the lies that destroy our friends. Lord, help us to be those that don't blame others, that don't blame those who may have less power in society than us, who are different than us. Help us to be those people who go to those and say to them too, peace. And maybe in going to those people that the world has blamed, we may find a new life for ourselves, a new peace, a new hope, a new future. Lord God, we are your people called by your name. Send us out. Send us out. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.